Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and let's begin with this episode by saying I think there's a lot of need to take a deep breath for a lot of people that were suddenly believing that Montreal was a cup-contending team this year. I think they're going to go through ups and downs and people are going to think they look much better than they actually are i think people are going to think they're further ahead in their process that they are but this is a development year first and foremost and i think that gets lost track of sometimes as this season continues to unfold it's been a very interesting first quarter of the regular season to say the least where there has been countless strange things that have happened such as teams that were expected to dominate their divisions and conferences as well as their own divisions have not and have really fallen hard either with bad play unprepared play injuries have hit them really soon teams such as toronto edmonton calgary ottawa were all expected to have strong decisive out of the gate teams they loaded up in the off season or came into the season with a lot of established talent and were expected to have division-leading seasons right from the very beginning, which was certainly a nice and optimistic thought, but as we know, reality checks in, and sometimes things don't play out the way that they should. Additional teams such as Florida, the St. Louis Blues, and the Colorado Avalanche were also supposed to have very fast-starting, out-of-the-gate seasons, distancing themselves from other teams right off the bat, and it hasn't quite worked out that way for them either. Of course, the Montreal Canadiens this season have have a particular interest in how the Florida Panthers play on a regular basis as Montreal of course obtained their first round pick in the 2023 draft last year in the Ben Sherratt trade. Other teams such as New Jersey, Seattle, and Montreal who were considered to kind of have a ho-hum, lackluster, unexcited season, weren't expected to do too much, have surprised a lot of people. New Jersey has already claimed the number one spot overall, not just in their division, but in the league as they've gone on a tear and won like 15 straight games. Obviously, all that talent has come together with all those high draft picks. Seattle was number two in their division and has had a much stronger season than a lot of people expected. And of course, as we started off, Montreal has played better and beyond expectations to this point where people started having a irrational thought that they might become a contending team for the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. If that happened, of course, obviously everybody who loves Montreal would be very happy with that. Obviously, everybody wants to see that team return to the Stanley Cup playoffs and winning the Stanley Cup as soon as possible. Patience has to play a role here as things are evolving, but certainly not have reached that point or certainly have not reached that point at this time. What will be exciting about the Montreal Canadiens this year, as we've talked about, are maybe some things that the Montreal tradition fans have not been considered something to get excited about. That means a trade deadline where there could just be a massive amount of movement. We'll get into that a little bit later. A team that is chuck full of new young prospects that will be exciting to watch. Montreal may actually have an opportunity this year for the first time instead of playing all of those close two to one, 
three to two four to three games might actually have some consistent scorers that within games can distance Montreal from their opposition and might be able to actually rack up some points especially as Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki continue to play on a almost point per night point per game performance I still believe there'll be a lot of disappointed people that say ah they're gonna have a good season but they're not capable of filling the blank yet I think they're both very capable of having 82 plus point seasons this year which would be something that Montreal has not seen in a long time I am truly looking forward to the next 100 plus point person and 50 goal plus scorer because it's been way too long since Montreal has had either one of those and they need to have one of those every year at a minimum if not even more on their roster Now, of course, this is destroying the lives of the people that were hoping that Montreal would be firmly entrenched this year in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, but I don't think they were ever actually entrenched in or guaranteed to be embedded in that process. Would it be great if that worked out? Could they still have that work out? I mean, God knows teams like New Jersey and others, Philadelphia to name another one, have moved up like seven spots in the draft. Could still happen, but you might just have to get over the fact you might not be ending up with people like Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, and some of those players. But again... 2023 is an incredibly deep draft that throughout the entire first round there is some elite level talent and of course as Montreal is looking for certain positions to fill as we've talked about this year there will certainly be those players available throughout the first round so if you're looking for size if you're looking for in front of the net in your face type players if you're looking for goal scorers playmakers if you're looking for goalies goalies with the way the goaltending situation is in the overall NHL this year in addition to the fact that that is probably Montreal's next position that is demanding priority to find an heir apparent to I think there might be a lot of teams willing to draft goaltenders higher in this year's draft because it seems to be a really really down year for goaltending and that's not to pick on the goaltenders just this is not a good year for goaltenders there's a lot of things going in a lot of soft goals there just seems to be a lot of problems at the position of goal whether there's goaltending coaching that isn't being done aging whatever it is something is definitely negatively affecting goaltending this season in the National Hockey League also it seems like the extreme pain some people are suffering from from not being able to believe how good Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes, Martin St. Louis, and many others that have been positioned in and hired within the Canadians organization since the sweeping out of the previous generation continues to apparently be a nightmare for a lot of people. A lot of people just can't figure out how these guys have been as good as they are. They're exceptional at what they do. I, I can still say I am at a loss to understand why so many people find it hard to believe Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes, and Martin St. Louis have had the just continuous from day one success that they've had in their various positions that is just amazing that that many people either doubted didn't think they could didn't think they were the right selections for the jobs that is just amazing to me there's no other word i can come up with to describe that just outright surprise to me regarding those people now with all that said the 2022-2023 season continues to unfold And you are starting to see the teams that were expected to do well 
positioning themselves as the top tier teams in the league. Again, your Torontos, Bostons, Las Vegas. Those teams are starting to settle in. The first quarter of every NHL season seems to be a feeling out process. I think a lot of people were expecting teams to start off with like there was no summer season. Just kick it right into gear like the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Colorado Avalanche, all the other teams that I mentioned. It takes time. There are changes on the roster that have to get used to. Coaching staffs have changed. There's been lots of changes within organizations. It takes time. It's been a long time since teams have just come right out of the offseason gate into the regular season and just smoked everybody. Not just one team, but a variety of teams doing that. It's a more competitive league these days. Injuries, of course, always take a major hit on the abilities of organizations and injuries, although Montreal, up until recently, has been able to escape injuries. A lot of teams have been hit and hit hard. I heard the other day there's something like 23 or 26 teams out of the 32 teams in the NHL that now have substantial player salary on LTIR. That's a predominant percentage of teams. I mean, Montreal was one of the teams that was known that was going to have that going into the year, of course, with Carey Price and Paul Byron's contracts. But there are a lot of teams that have a lot of LTIR cap hit or player's salary now contained on that. And that was not expected to the level that it's happening. And what this continues and has generated is a very surprising amount of negativity regarding all these issues. I would think people would be excited about the balance of the league. I think people would be excited about the fact that the scoring is up in the league. Everybody loves goal scoring for the most part. I would think everybody would be excited that some teams that were not expected to do well are doing well, creating some new challenges for other teams, creating some new rivalries. It's really amazing to see that negativity predominantly remains a story or the primary topic instead of all of the positive situations that have occurred, all the teams that have excelled that weren't expected to all the players that are having beyond expected seasons it's really interesting to me how negative issues permeate stories rather than positive there's a there's a big story i think in that in itself that is very defining about society and of course speaking of injuries here comes montreal's turn we have hoffman drew and gallagher savard to go along with price and byron now so it's now hit montreal with all the injuries that other teams have been dealing with now one could look at that really negatively or they could sit there and say hey you know what that provides slavkowski to get a ton of minutes pizzetta to play a regular role pitlick to play a regular role maybe jake evans games come alive and he starts producing more offensively like he has previously although if he continues to play as well as he's played defensively and can win a majority of face-offs that's not a bad thing either but I would think most people would take these injuries or this injury news as an opportunity for especially Sovkoski as well as Pizzetta and Pitlick to get more involved to get more ice time and to see what these players can do you know let's turn the injuries into a positive Same thing with the defensive injuries. If 
Joel Edmondson still has a nagging issue if Savard is out. Hey, that gives more time for Matheson now that he's back in the lineup to become a bigger part of the defense. It gives more time to Caden Gooley, Arbor Akjai, Jordan Harris. That's all a positive, and it should be viewed as a positive for that. And if nothing else, for a positive, in addition to all those players getting more minutes and time and opportunities, how about all the people that were hoping for the counter Bedard sweepstakes? Would this not work in your favor? Does this not increase the chances of Montreal's record being more in line with what you were hoping for and maybe better positioning to you for a better shot at Connor Bedard in the draft? So although injuries you never want to see, injuries certainly you don't wish on any player, there's a lot of positive impacts. We can keep going with the positivity. It also gives Martin St. Louis and the organization abilities to evaluate more and more players. So although most teams look at injuries as a really bad thing, as do apparently most fans, there's a lot of positive opportunities that come with it. You rediscover players and talents either that wouldn't have gotten the opportunity or you wouldn't have been able to give the opportunity to, and suddenly you can unearth more impact players or players that can fill roles, they can fill regular slots, you name it. They can be utility players. And take note, with all these discussions about players and injuries, I have not mentioned once that Montreal needs to go out and make a trade and obtain someone from another organization. Montreal has plenty of prospects, players, and roster opportunities within its organization for people to fill. I don't know what the obsession is. There continues to be discussions of how Montreal needs to go out and obtain this player or that player, needs to make a trade for this player. The only thing Montreal needs to do on that front this year is they have got an endless list of players that we'll get to that their time has come and gone they are placeholders on their roster and they need to be moved to other teams to make room for prospects in the Montreal organization and hopefully again looking at it positively I know that's weird but hopefully to re-establish their own careers somewhere else because it hasn't worked out in Montreal of any of these players that we'll eventually talk about here other than with the exception of Sean Monahan. he has been the only player that Montreal has acquired in recent time that has actually come to the organization done well fit in and found a home now there's also been discussion oh my god does that mean sean monahan needs to be offered a new contract by montreal no he doesn't i like him i think he's a great center i think honestly other than cole caulfield mark suzuki and kirby doc he has been by far the best offensive player on the canadians this year and number five in that group honestly in my opinion is year i've okay but let's be honest honest about Monaghan, he was acquired to already obtain a first round pick, which Montreal got for taking on his contract, so Calgary could sign Nazem Kadri, but he has also obtained, so what else can we flip that for by the trade deadline and bring even more assets to Montreal? So you want to see him do well, and you want to see him do well not to sign him to a long-term contract, because you have already got, behind Suzuki and behind Kirby Dockett Center, you've already got Owen Beck. You've already got several other players in juniors, in Europe, in the United States, and at the AHL level. So Montreal has no shortage of centers. And especially if Monaghan can stay healthy, you can maximize his trade value. If he's healthy and playing well, that can bring back even more than Montreal expected, which is nothing but fantastic.
fantastic news for the Canadians organization. But he doesn't need a, a contract extension, and Montreal does not need to go outside their own organization to trade for anybody. And that, by the way, includes the position that honestly I think, and I said this from the summer on, is the weakest in their organization right now, and that's goaltending. I know there's been a lot of people that talk about goaltenders that are going to become targets due to their contracts ending and things like that, or maybe Montreal should trade away something to get one of them. The 2023 draft, I think, is the perfect place for Montreal to find the solution regarding goaltenders, to find that next great goaltender that is going to carry on that tradition in Montreal that has been so fantastic to watch decade after decade. That being said, the Canadians also have prospects within the organization. Again, I truly believe Jacob Dobb, who's playing for Ohio State University in the Big Ten, is the best of those prospects. I think he can turn out to be something far more than a fifth round pick and maybe along the Henrik Lundqvist, maybe not, but Henrik Lundqvist was a seventh round pick. So fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks turn out to be pretty good players. Just think of where a lot of other fifth and sixth and seventh round picks have come from. Henrik Zetterberg, Henrik Lundqvist, Pavel Bure, Sergei Fedorov. There's been a lot of good late round picks and I can keep going with that. That was mentioning a few and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, that was a long time ago. There's been good late round picks in a lot of drafts. Players that have played far better than they were expected to because of that draft round and position they were drafted in, it's only a number. That's all it is in the end is just a number. And if there's anyone saying, well, what do you mean Montreal has enough talent? How about this for a starting set of 12 forwards moving forward on the Montreal roster? In-line combination. Caulfield, Suzuki, and Farrell. Philip Mazar, Jan Mysik, Yuri Savkoski, Joshua Roy, Owen Beck, Riley Kidd, Jesse Ulanen, Kirby Dock, Raphael Harvey Pinard. And that doesn't even include Xavier Simino, Blake Biondi, Jack Smith, Venzens Rohr, Cedric Gudin, Jared Davison, who continues, by the way, to surprise people in the Western Hockey League in Seattle every year is getting better and better and better. Ironically, he was a fifth round pick, could turn out to be a very good two way third or fourth line center for the Montreal Canadiens stands 6'2", 196 pounds already. He's got size and now switch to the defense. You're talking about a defense moving forward that already on the left-hand side, Arbor Akjai, Caden Gooley, Lane Hudson, by the way, that doesn't even include Adam Ingstrom, Matthias Norlander. You got lots of other guys on the right side. Logan Mylou, Jaden Struble, Jordan Harris could end up on the right side, but yet he's another left side talent that you've already got. You have additional talent that very few have even talked about yet. Miguel Torganev. You have William Trudeau. You have Danielle Sobolev. The organization is pretty stacked right now. You've got a lot of talent. You've got starters, depth, utility. You've got a ton of players. So when people say, how many players are there to actually trade in Montreal? Let's not forget that list includes inconsistent players such as Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Jonathan Druan, Mike Hoffman, Evgeny Donatov, Joel Armia, David Savard. And some people say, oh my God, David Savard has played really well. He has, but he's getting up there in age. You've got younger players already waiting in the wings to take roster spots. Chris Weidman. 
Joel Edmondson, and maybe even Jake Evans and Rem Pitlick could be added to that list. And of course, we've already talked about Sean Monahan. So that's a pretty long list of trade candidates. Even with all those roster spots available to players that Montreal already has, they've already got more players than they've got roster spots. And that doesn't even count the 2023 draft, which is one of the most loaded drafts in the history of the NHL. And moving on from that, it's amazing how many people continue to question Martin St. Louis if he has not already proven himself beyond a shadow of a doubt. I don't know what else St. Louis has to do to get people to get on board with the fact that he is a good and solid coach. And because he came to Montreal or if he would have gone to any other team and already did not have a decade of experience established means very little. Some people just have the talent. They have the ability. They have the skill set. And people just need to realize that. His professionalism that he's exhibited from the very first day he stepped in as the coach of the Canadians is truly a defining characteristic of a very genuine person. So I don't know what other people need to see from him as he continues to understand and relate the game to the players like no other coach has done over the past four decades. He continues to put players in a position of winning. He continues to create line chemistries that actually complement other players' skills. I don't know what else this guy's got to do. I don't know what other people are looking for. I don't know why people are sitting there going, well, you know, I'm still, the jury is still out on Martin St. Louis. I don't think it is. I think you've got a Jack Adams trophy winning coach. I think you have the perfect coach, not only to take the team through its development stage, but into its contending and winning stages of the championship and bringing the Stanley Cup home to Montreal. And it's really unfortunate if everybody's not on board with that, because I think by far and away, he's already established himself as one of the top coaches in the league, which is going up against what a lot of people are saying. Well, everybody else has so much more experience. He's already on even level playing field with those coaches. Not to mention the fact he's a perennial all-star player himself and had an amazing career and won Stanley Cups. That is just fascinating to me. And I have an equal fascination with the fact that there is still an obsessiveness and relentlessness to find faults or flaws in the games of Caden Gooley, Arbor Jacki, Jordan Harris, Yarav Slavkowski. Let them play. I think it's safe to say everybody has an admiration for Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. And do you know one of the reasons why they've been so successful in their career? And in addition to having elite level skill, they were allowed to come in and play and not be under a microscope. And the Pittsburgh Penguins knew they would make mistakes. Mistakes are okay as long as you learn from them and they don't become a permanent part of your game. It's part of growing up. It's it's part of evolving. It's part of understanding the game and gaining experience. You're going to make mistakes. And yet there are people obsessed with pointing out, it's like, oh, well, you know, this might be the reason that Arbor Jacki needs to be sent down to Laval, Or, you know, Jordan Harris might be too small. Boy, I really don't know if he can handle the physical impact of the NHL. They They are holding their own and have honestly been to go along with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, the premier players on the roster this year and are better than anybody else. And Caden Gooley is doing just fine, establishing himself very quietly in the background. He seems to have been able to slip out of the media, thankfully for him. And he's just going along his business, just becoming a very, very solid defenseman. And I think there's going to have to be a lot of 
apologies and people eating crow when he does turn out to be a number one or number two left defenseman top four guy in the nhl that everybody goes oh you know i'm not sure if he'll end up there first of all what do they have that's better and secondly of all why would that opportunity not be given to him in every single way possible that is just incredible these kids have come in and played with and to go along with nick suzuki and cole caulfield kirby doc has obviously been far more than a lot of people were willing to give him credit for it's like everybody wanted to just pick him apart for did you know he had a 35 percent win percentage at faceoffs last year okay he was on a really bad team he wasn't getting any good coaching last year he wasn't being put in a win-win scenario he wasn't being put with players that could complement or support his abilities he is now his game is growing and evolving he has the skill that people thought he has he needs to play on a team with an organization with a coach that understands how to put him in a position to win and that's really the difference with every athlete that excels it's the same reason in the nfl why joe montana patrick holmes and many other quarterbacks from different eras either excelled or didn't either the team understood them built around them and showed their talents and covered up their flaws or they let them hung out to dry and they failed miserably got injured and their careers ended way too early it's really a combination of chemistry and abilities of others that everybody exceeds within that concept and i was laughing at this one there are still apparently people it's like oh montreal is going to regret not drafting shane wright shane wright and Yurive Slavkowski were chosen by the right organizations the organizations that are going to fit their skill set the best organizations chose players to fit their needs in positions of priority that they had to fill i hope shane wright has a fantastic career and if he does i'm not going to wish that career would have been had with montreal in the least your Slavkowski is going to have a fantastic career as he plays each and every game you can see his skills unfolding he is exactly what montreal has needed for a long time the one thing regarding his game and there's one thing i hope shane wright does as well but for your Slavkowski, i hope he learns to protect himself a little bit better because i don't want to see his career go the way mario lemuse did with just chronic back injuries or anything else because people are taking liberties and hitting him excessively more so than others because he's 6'4 and 240 pounds on shane wright's side of things I hope his game does come together. I think it's fantastic that as of this morning, he was loaned to Team Canada and will be part of that tournament. I think he'll have a fantastic tournament. And who knows, maybe that comes back, that flips the switch or lights the light, so to speak, for him. And he goes on to have an amazing rest of the season in the National Hockey League. I wish him nothing but a lot of success. But when people say, I'm not really sure what else Montreal has in the pipeline, how about this as an example? Besides Shane Right being named to the Canadian roster. Philip Massar has been named to the Slovakian roster. Owen Beck, Riley Kidney, Joshua Roy have been named to the preliminary Canadian roster. Adam Engstrom has been named to the Sweden roster. Vincenz Rohr has been named to the Austrian roster. And Lane Hudson has been named to the U.S. roster. I think that's a pretty long list of talent. I think that's a lot of people to get excited about coming forward in seasons to come in the very near future to add to Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Kirby Doc, Caden Gooley, 
Arborakjai, Jordan Harris. I think that's a lot of incredible talent. My only thought regarding Slavkovsky is, should he at the moment like Shane Wright, maybe they should name him or assign him to the Slovakian roster team, let him play in the tournament and come back. Just as kind of a opportunity to grow differently through this season, play in areas of comfort, play in areas that he hasn't played before, maybe a trip to this tournament would be a benefit for him to be determined. It just depends on what Kent Hughes feels as well as Martin St. Louis and Jeff Gordon is best for his growth. But obviously he's doing very well in the National Hockey League. Obviously he was the most prepared of the first round picks in the 2022 draft to make the National Hockey League, which is also one of the reasons why Montreal chose him because he was NHL ready. And the skills that he needs to develop are only going to be developed on either an international stage in this tournament or at the National Hockey League level. Lavelle's season has not gone as expected. There's been a lot of issues. There's been a lot of inconsistencies. Some players have flourished down there in the AHL. Some players have not. So there's a lot of people that, oh, the AHL is a perfect place for Slavkowski. He can just play unlimited minutes. That's good. The minutes are one part, but he also has to have the consistency and the coaching staff to develop him. And I think their hands are full right now. And I don't think he would quite get the attention that he would need. Not that he needs a lot of it, but he needs specific attention for specific issues. And I think Martin St. Louis could do the best job at that right now. But let's not forget, this is a learning and development season for the Montreal Canadiens organization. This was not supposed to be a magical turnaround, suddenly ready for contending for the Stanley Cup. Hey, if it turned out that way, I'd be the first one to jump on board and say, let's go. But you have to have patience and let the organization and its plan and the concepts that Martin St. Louis is teaching the players play out and develop. Because I think everybody in Montreal, although would they love to see the Canadians win the Stanley Cup this year? Sure. But would they like to see the Stanley Cup return to Montreal and be won like at least five times out of every decade? That I think would even be a heck of a lot more exciting. And those are the days that need to return to Montreal. The Stanley Cup needs to come home and remain there at least 50% of the time, if not more. With that, I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Thank you for tuning into episode 23 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a fantastic week and even a better weekend. Thanks for tuning in.